and welcome to Sheffield Hopcast. Um, it is, I, I can't even remember what week it is. It's another week of lockdown anyway. They're all merging into one. Week four, is it? I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, all, it's all just becoming a bit of a blur now. Um, if you were listening last week, you'll probably know what the plan is for this week's episode after um, Sean had a bit of a senior moment. Um, so, yes, we are all going to be drinking the same beer. It's taken us about two weeks to all kind of um, be able to get hold of the same one. Um, and we're going trad. So this is uh, Timothy Taylor landlord some some of the crew i think have already opened theirs but um we will we'll go around and say hello and um open as we go um so as i look at my screen i'm going to go to my left first and to laura hello oh hi uh yeah i did um i opened mine before i came upstairs uh but i haven't poured it yet so i'm ready to go um not so the easiest easy not the easiest of uh, finds is it laura no, it was um, more just because I needed it to be somewhere that I was going anyway. So the shops that I go anyway didn't have it, but um, I managed to do a little uh, little jog out yesterday on my uh, daily exercise and found a little Sainsbury's with no queue and bought a few other bits and bobs that I needed and managed to get one of these as well that was uh, had to be passed to me by somebody because the whole <laughs> aisle was closed off. You weren't oh, allowed right. in it, I think, because it was quite a narrow one. So I had to like shout it <clears> over <throat> like I was buying cigarettes or something. So managed to get one. Good work. Well done. Um, right, directly below me, Adam. Hi. Will that work? <laughs> the, it'll not. It'll not work on the actual video because we all change no. positions on the actual. <clears> video. Yeah, yeah. You're next to me. Hello. Yeah. I'm. Um, mine's ready and going. I've been in my um, fridge all day, but in my cupboard for about a week now. So. <clears throat> I was very tempted to drink it and get another one when I, when I saw some in the shop yesterday, but um, I've uh, I've resisted the temptation. Fridge is a bold choice, Adam. I know. I just to li- just give it a little bit of cool. Just just just, just a little. <laughs> Mine's bit of been cool. in the fridge for about a week and a half. Am I not supposed to? Have <laughs> specifically says on the bottle, best served between eleven and thirteen degrees. But does anyone really know what that means? What What <laughs> is it between eleven and thirteen? Have it on cask. It means. Oh, well, I've already ruined it before we started then. Um, Sean, Sean's there with his um, uh, ginormously huge beard, uh, which will, will will be sadly departing as well, it, Sean? Tomorrow, yeah, the, the hair clippers and uh, beard uh, trimmer are all purchased, and so it's all coming off uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, I've got me, uh, me pint of landlord. As you might have guessed last week, I've, I've had it some time. I bought it from my local Morrison's. Um, it has been in the fridge, but I took it out of the fridge uh, an hour ago, and it's now at uh, 10.9, Laura. So it's actually 1.1 to go. Let you off on a nice hot it'll, day. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be perfection. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, and um, as has become tradition now for our lockdown episodes, we have a guest with us um, who is a, a brewer and a fellow podcaster um, and is behind the Hop Forward brand, I think is probably the right way of describing it. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> we were saying just, be, just before I came on, that, so I run a podcast called Hop Forward, which is a, a brewing and beer industry-led podcast, um, but it's also a business, so I, I do 
brand development and um, consultancy for, for brewers and other beer-related businesses. But a lot of people know me first and foremost for the Hot Four podcast. And uh, I've got I've got my Timothy Taylors. I've I've, I've got a branded bottle opener, oh, yeah. a branded wow. glass. Wow! Because I was at um, I did a podcast <laughs> with well I did a podcast at Timothy Taylors um, up in Keithley a couple of months ago with um, Tim Dewey, who's the managing director, and Andy Leman, who's the head brewer. Um, so they they loaded me up with merch. It was amazing. That's, that's, that's pretty good. I, re- I realised in my um, little introduction that I didn't actually say your your name, but this leads to an interesting question because I know you as Nick Law, but yep. your label on your Zoom window says Nick Law Music. Yes. So I'm a I'm a musician as well for my sins. Um, yeah, going going way back um, to a kid, piano, guitar, drums, all sorts. Um, tr- tried to live the rock and roll dream, didn't quite work out. Ended up in beer. Can't go wrong, really. That's a decent You managed to blend the two at Christmas, though, with your Emmanuel's. Uh, I did Christmas sing along and yeah, the, the, the uh, lost industry tap. The boat. They're both hard industries to make, not make money out of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe next time I should become an investment banker or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so if you've been to the brewery, I'm sure you know all the kind of the history because this this is genuinely my first time ever drinking Landlord, which um, I, I think is, is punishable by death, is it, in the beer world? I don't know. I think so. Well, to be honest with you, I, um, I, it's, I mean, I've had it in bottle before, but um, I was in the Pembury Tavern um, down in um, Hackney last, I think it was September, October last year, um, and it was the first time um, in that pub that I had an actual pint on cask. It was, it was, it's a five-point brewing company's pub, and it was absolutely cracking a one. So when I got a chance to go to the brewery itself, you know, it's, I was, I was really lapping it up, you know, and, and they were very, very hospitable, you know, incredibly so. And it's, it's quite inspiring actually seeing the attention to detail. So Tim took me around the whole brewery and and, and seeing the kind of st- uh, not stone fermenters, the the sort of square fermenters. Um, yeah, it was amazing, you know, like really sort of traditional methods, but um, some of it's a little bit more, I don't want to say automated, but they, they've made like updates. But it, Tim said that they'd only done certain things um, to, to make it a little bit more efficient, but they've not put anything in for the sake of putting it in. But it was, it was absolutely, it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's fantastic. <clears throat> That sounds brilliant. That sounds like a uh, a very worthwhile, um, very worthwhile trip. Um, so <clears throat> you're gonna have to forgive my ignorance on this one. This is open to anyone. Then, so um, obviously, this is kind of a legendary beer, but why? The silence. It's Who's going to educate me? It's been around for a long time, hasn't it? And I think it's it's one of those beers that I think demand kind of outstrips supply, and I think. I think I'm right in saying they kind of get to pick and choose where they supply their casks to because everybody wants to have it on cask. This is a, this is, a, I'll just uh, justify this story in case it's an absolute lie. I used to uh, work at the Fat Cat down at Kellow Island years ago, uh, sort of just as I was finishing uni, which was one of the only places in Sheffield that had it on cask um, and still does. Uh, always an excellent pint and um, it's one of those beers that I think is always served really well because it tends to go to places that 
look after it. I think it's almost a bit of a reverential thing about it, isn't there? It's like one of those iconic cask beers that, you know, everybody wants to have a proper pint of. So, yeah, I, don't, I feel like that was a, not really the answer you were after, James, but it's a nice story. <laughs> Weird, weirdly, Laura, I was going to say the kind of the opposite, but it's kind of maybe from com- living out of... Uh, you know, a city with lots of really good pubs, but I remember seeing it in pubs that probably weren't really real ale pubs, and it would kind of maybe that 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 one or two casks. They might have even going back to having like John Smith's cask. You know, I don't really see that anymore. But um, I used to see Landlord, but I used to kind of sort of swerve it just because I th- I always used to think that them kind of pubs aren't really keeping it very well. But they could be. You know, what I mean, it just might be just my kind of sort of snobbish view on sort of these like pubs that I have to go to when I'm maybe back at my parents or Christmas or, you know, you know, seeing friends out of a area, which is pretty good for a cask. But I think what I'm kind of more conscious about or more interested about is what is it about this beer that all of a sudden in the last year or so, everyone start talking about again, all of a sudden, um, you know, maybe like a younger audience. And what is it about this beer specifically, which has kind of dragged in this new kind of interest I, Any what ideas? I, th- I think you've got, um, I've got this sort of phrase like, that there are beers you drink and beers you experience. And I almost feel like there's a, a bit of a lethargy with beers you experience, you know, that the, don't get me wrong. I, I love these beers, but like, you know, the, the pay, massive pastry stouts and, you know, suck your eyeball, eyeballs out hopped double IPAs and all the rest of it. And actually, you know, the beers that I know I go to and a lot of, people i go drinking with will divert to not even at the end of the night but halfway through the night that those good sessionable beers that you you know once you've had a a couple of them you start to really appreciate it and i don't think with those kind of beers experience often you go back again and again to them they're like oh that was nice move on to the next one but with with something like landlord it's just a really staple beer particularly if you have it in a spot-on condition Mm. you just what you want to drink more of it and I think that that's a real rarity, I think, in, in beers at the moment. It's got a hell of a lot of flavour, hasn't it, for that kind of 4.1. Mm. It's very... I mean, as James, when we really talked about your first first sip, have you, have, you, have you tasted it yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I, I regret putting it in the fridge. I realise that I've really kind of cocked up by um, by doing that. Um, but it's it's relatively warm still in my room so hopefully it'll kind of it'll it'll kind of warm up a, a little bit as i um as i drink it but mm. um yeah it's nice i mean I, I i kind of view this maybe a little bit you're talking about kind of it making a little bit of a almost like a comeback not a comeback cause i suppose it never really went anywhere but it kind of becoming cool again um whether or not that's just something to do with kind of the the, the swings that we see in cask beer generally yeah. that you know when when keg beer kind of in terms of the craft beer side of things sort of took over for a bit didn't it and everyone just sort of forgot a little bit about cask and then mm. um everyone kind of went oh actually cask beer is really nice as well and there was that swing kind of back the other way um and you know that kind of introduced maybe a new audience to some beers that they would have turned their nose up before and maybe landlord falls into that category that for a time maybe you know th- there's a group a, a group of drinkers that would have avoided it just because of what it was and then suddenly it became all right again does that make sense didn't, know, yeah didn't, know, yeah. didn't northern monk put it on at um hop city a couple of years so. ago and and then they put it on as like in in their bars uh a sort of mainstay 
guest beer. And then all of a sudden it was like, all, you know, everyone was like, Ooh, landlord, landlord, you know, um, I, th- I seem to recall that being like the turning point, I think for, amongst a lot of sort of craft beer drinkers for want of a better word. I think, um, I think you're right. Right, Nick. I think uh, Leeds particularly, um, despite the fact that it's brewed nearby in, in Keithley, uh, Leeds has, has, has put Landlord back at, at centre stage. It's been around a few years. I don't actually know that the first time it was brewed, but it's been around long enough now for the wheel to turn. And it's, it, it's now been around long enough for people to show it respect. Timmy Taylor's have, have stayed true to the beer. The, they're true to themselves as a company. Um, they're not a company we stock, but I, I know them. They send us samples. They, they look after us. When we see them at beer festivals, they go out of their way to be very friendly. And um, I think that's appreciated by the whole industry. I think pubs like uh, White Locks in Leeds, that was the first, yeah. sorry, the last time I had it on, on cask last summer, um, White Locks, um, an iconic pub, loved by everyone. It's got the Turks head on the end of it now, and serving that permanently in there also helps it um, gain the respect from the modern day beer drinker. And that, that's happened to a fair number of beers. There are a number of German lagers that have gone through that same um, um, wheel spin and, and have been around now maybe for a, a hundred years or so. And a, and a back at the top of, of um, everyone's love list, um, just showing respect for history, I think. It's funny you say about White Locks or Whitlocks or whatever it's called, but I, that, I was thinking that's the last time I had it in Leeds probably six months ago. Um, I'd never been in that pub before, and it was actually James Books, and it was on last week. Um, I was saying, anywhere you recommend in Leeds? And he said there, never been in really good pub. And it weirdly just went straight for that. Um, Actually, we had half of that and half of um, Triple Fruit of Goes. Me and my mate went to a, a gig and we were saying it was like our traditional Cornish pasty. You know, the traditional Cornish pasty being half savoury, half sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we had a, after a few beers that were hilarious to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wow. yeah, it tasted amazing. If anyone's not been in that pub, though, just, you know, if you fancy, if you, if, you know, if you're going into Leeds, that's such an interesting pub. That's such a really cool pub down that little sneaky little alleyway. And it's such a long, weird, it's just a really, yeah, it's just a really interesting pub. Do you not find it really hard to get served at the bar though? Cause it's kind of long and thin, isn't it? That bar. Well, that, so that, like, that does mean but, there's more kind of bar surface well, area. You, 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 you would think <laughs> that, but every time I've been, it's always been rammed and it's just, I always find it really hard to get served because there's no natural, we like to queue, don't we as Brits? So it's kind of, there's no natural kind of queuing system. It's just kind of, Oh, it's a free-for-all. Oh, I hate it, free-for-alls. Yeah, yeah. It is a free-for-all. Actually, just to follow on to that story, actually, it's like I took my mate to, to Leeds, wouldn't take him, we went to a gig, and he's a very traditionalist kind of drinker um, in, in terms of drink drinking and pubs. doesn't really like faffy kind of modern pubs. Not really into your kind of, he calls them kind of like fridge poetry beers where you just pick any old ingredients and that's kind of what it is. So I dragged him straight to the North, the, the newest North Bar, not North Bar, no, North Bruco's um, tap room. And um, he didn't really like anything sour or anything like that. He ended up drinking one of the fruit, uh, fruit triple fruit of Gozas. Really loved it. I was like, okay. And it's like not a pub. It's not a kind of a pub that he'd really like. So he went straight and had the second one. So the, the, um, I think it might be the one that's with Lervig, that one, you know, the, the darker one. And then after I went, right, we'll go and get some traditional. 
never going to have um, triple fruit of goza in um, you know in white locks went up there ordered a, ordered half a uh, landlord walked around the bar to pay and they had it on, they had a triple fruit of goza on cask so it was like wow. <laughs> we've been talking about going out as way to not have something like that and then we were like well we're going to have to have a half of that are we now and then that's what became the um the, the cornish pasty <laughs> Wow. Um, Laura, in among all that, I've got to say I'm impressed with your glassware because oh, it, it looks like it's about the size of your head. That it glass. is. It is <laughs> it's genuinely huge. the size of my head. It's quite heavy as well. It looks like um, really yeah. struggle to pick it up. Yeah, I really like this glass. It's uh, from Caskfest uh, down in London that I went to last year. Um, and I thought it was quite an apt glass for drinking landlord out of. Um, well, are you on your are you on your bed at the moment? Yeah. What have you got on so it? Is that is that what, every night? I imagine that you and Jim, uh, before turning <laughs> off the lights, sit in bed with a, a pint uh, each in one of those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I I very rarely drink a full pint, but. <laughs> I felt this warranted it. Yeah, very um, good. But yeah, I am holding it like this, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> it needs a supporting hand. hand as well. Yeah. Um, funny, you t- funny you talk about glassware. I don't know if you remember which episode we did, which was when we all had to bring our favourite glassware in. Can you remember that episode? Yeah. Hmm. And maybe I mentioned about the Adfest glasses. Yes. Hmm. Mm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Strangely, just look a bit like that. These stickers are from 2012, and they're not. They're, <laughs> that's perfect, isn't it? So yeah, I've got about I've got about five of these, but I never drink out of them. But I thought having a part of landlord, I was thinking, do I have a landlord glass that I've stolen from a pub in the past and I've not? And it's like I'm going to get my Adfest 2012 glasses out. There you go. I don't know. I've got my. Um, she- I don't. I don't even know what year it is. Actually, my um, Sheffield Beer Festival glass, the forty-second edition, whenever that was, because um, it's the only kind of normal pint glass that I've got. So I had no real choice. This was. This, this was it. Didn't have any other glasses that five hundred mil of anything would fit in. I'm quite proud of this one as well because um, we managed to get two of them back from London on the train after we'd spent a day at a beer festival, and then. Uh, was it in this warehouse place on at the end of Bermondsey? So we started making our way up the beer mile after the festival had finished, um, but everywhere was rammed. So we ended up in a really fancy wine bar and had a bottle of wine as well instead, and then still managed to get it home. So it survived a, a difficult journey. It kind of doubles up as a weapon as well, doesn't it? That. <laughs> If you had any trouble on the train from anyone, you give one whack with that and they're uh, they're out cold. <laughs> I don't know if I could lift it high <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd probably go, you have to like, it'd go flying over your shoulder as you, uh, as you whack them with it in a comedy sound effect at the same time. Um, Nick, as you are the guest, got to ask you, how are you uh, getting by during lockdown? Oh gosh! Oh man! <laughs> how, how long we got? Um, it, yeah, it's it, it it's be, it's been better than I thought. I think when so I I, I worked part time for a friend's record label um, with a view to taking hot forward my business full time at the start of April. So uh, absolutely impeccable timing 
to be a, a company director. <laughs> so um, I spent I spent the first week on the phone to HMRC a lot, trying to work out whether you know I'd get any kind of bailouts or grants for anything. The answer is, in short, no. Um, so after that little panic sort of subsided, um, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. It's been interesting to slow down and and to I mean I've got I've got work on which is good. Um, but it's, it's been interesting to really sort of slow down and take stock of things. And that's, that's been really nice not to have the pressure of, of trying to grow a business whilst having a part-time job. You know, it means that I can work and then spend time with the kids and stuff. And, um, yeah, I've, um, I've been sent loads of free beer from other breweries as well, like care packages and stuff. So my, my beer seller's absolutely rammed. It's amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's pretty good results. I know, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been really really good actually. I've been a lot of um, breweries showing kindness, not not just to me, but to other I know uh, other beer writer friends and stuff that have received things through the post. So, um, one little shout out I'll give is to um, don't you've come across the Cheshire Brewhouse before? Um, yeah, I've heard. Out is it Macclesfield Way? But um, I'd never. So it's a guy called Shane who's the owner, and he's he. Um, He's just gone into cans recently. I don't know if you follow an Instagram account called um, Art by Volume, but it's it's a guy who um, makes like these. They look like record sleeves, but they're like um, you know, like mock-ups of like Steady Rolling Man by Day or whatever. Um, they're, they're really cool. You should check it out. But he um, he did Shane's cans for him for Cheshire Brewhouse, and Shane sent me um, a little care package. And um, the, the the few beers I've had so far have been absolutely phenomenal. And I actually compared, I had one the other night, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the Burton style pale ale. And I've not been as impressed with that kind of style of beer since the um, the Timmy Taylor's landlord had on cask um, at the Pembury Tavern. It was just, I think it's really hard to come across those kind of beers that there's just a... I don't want to say an X factor, but like a quality about them that goes beyond. And I'm, I'm not just saying this because Laura's part of this podcast, but I've, I find that with a beer like Moonshine, there's just something about it. Although it's not like, you know, all singing or dancing, there's something sufficiently different enough about it and quaffable enough about it to just make it excel. And that's what I found with these beers from Cheshire Brewhouse. So check them out if you, you know, if you're listening, but really really good beers sometimes a lot there's, there's not a lot to hide behind in that kind of sort of this kind of strength beer and that kind of style is it so you know mm. you can chuck hops and you know strength and stuff and you can kind of mask certain you know imperfections and things i imagine there's something that's quite like almost like basic in a way if you know what i mean like kind of like a, a straightforward you know four percent pale ale or something like that to get them really, really good and really right, you don't, you know, it does. It does take a lot of, you know, skill, I suppose, really, especially oh, consist and consistency as well. Yeah, I mean, um, they say like any anyone can brew a beer, but it takes a, like a, a master, well, masterful brewer to recreate that beer again and again. You know, mm. which is why, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to take Budweiser as an example. I hate Budweiser; it's bland, but they make a very bland beer very, very consistently to the same high quality. So there are certain things that a lot of small independent brewers could learn from a a brewer like that. Um, You know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough making those beers. It's like lagers as well. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. Lagers. There's nothing to hide behind lagers. And I've had my fair share 
fairly recently of, of um, lagers from in small independent microbreweries. And so many of them are being riddled with like diacetyl or ju- just, you know, sulfur is a big one, massive sulfur compounds. I'm just like, it shouldn't smell like that. So when you do come across um, good ones, like Utopian Brewing do some really good lagers, like that, you know, when, when they smash it, it's just like, you know, that well done. <laughs> and yeah. It's, yeah, so it's going back to those those beers like that. It's, yeah, um, Cheshire Brew House and those types of beers. Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, you reminded me in Among That, um, Nick, about one of uh, my kind of beer highlights of the week, which was the sight of a lorry full of empty moonshine cans. Have we, uh, have we, got, have we got any update on, uh, on, on this, Laura? They're still <laughs> empty, currently. Oh. <laughs> no. That's not what we wanted to hear. <laughs> Laura, Laura I, know, I know your canning line arrives tomorrow, I, I believe. Um, Touch wood, yeah. So where, where where is it coming from and where will it be now, do you think? Um, it's, at the moment, it's with um, the lovely folks at Oast House Engineering, who are the, the importers for Wild Goose, which is quite a popular canning line over here. So they've been checking it over for us, um, and they're going to bring it to us, all being well. So yeah, then it's it's a really handy little machine. It's the one that we've been working with mobile canners for the past couple of years. Um, them that can, who've been brilliant. Um, and it's the same machine that they use. So it's, it's quite uh, compact um, and it's on wheels. So, you know, we can we can have it set up where we need it to be to come from our bright beer tanks, but it can also be tucked away when it's not in use who's, which who's uh, gonna... for anybody that has visited the brewery you'll know we're not blessed for um, an abundance of space so <laughs> who's in charge of canning then at your place then is there a new role now or, or has someone been seconded from somewhere else to be small pack no, um, it, well it's the team the brew team generally kind of all work together and all trained to be able to do everything so that it can be rotated around um so i think it's uh kind of just falling under that um i don't really know the internet i've been working from home quite a lot recently with there's uh, all social distancing and things like that so i'm not uh completely familiar with all of the ins and outs but everybody's really excited about it um i'm hoping to to pop in once it's up and running to um have a little look at it in action from a safe distance of course and uh, <laughs> yeah can't wait cool I've, I've got to give um uh, extra marks tonight to both laura and sean for wearing uh beer related attire um i can just see laura the top of your uh little earth project t-shirt that you've got on there yeah. um and sean very proudly donning his um st mars of the desert t-shirt which looks ace actually that's a really good t-shirt design that yeah, hold on to that They've got a couple, of new cans. Yeah, a couple of new cans coming out next week as well, St. Mars. So uh, I think if you check their social media, um, I think you're you're able to collect cans from them uh, at some point this week as well. So that's always a, 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 a good thing for Sheffield when they've got a couple of new beers lined up. It's one of the places I miss being able to go to the most, I think, St. Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of the ones I've seen, uh, you know, when people are talking about, you know, what you're going to do after lockdown, and there's a lot of people saying places are going to, you know, they want to kind of tick off the, tick off their list for like tap rooms and stuff. It seems to be 
on the list of a lot of people come, you know, from far out of Sheffield that want to get up to uh, yes. taste the delights. I think Sean will be straight back to his um, Turkish barber, won't you, Sean? <laughs> um, in that I'm making a £20 investment in the old air trimmers and that. So the good ones, James, they're brawn, and I've heard of brawn uh, before. Uh, so I'm guessing that they're good. If I'm spending 20 quid on them, I won't be spending 10 quid uh, with my Turkish barber. So this could be a... Uh, a nightmare for small independent Turkish barbers in and around the Moor Market area. <laughs> but uh, my, my investment is going to return a, a healthy profit over the next 12 months. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. Just, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Does anybody want to borrow them? Oh, no, I'm all right, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just wondering whether we've thought of any more. surprising like... I have my own. <laughs> any beer more like modern beers which are kind of fallen into that same sort of thing as landlord you know uh, beers that are kind of that people always kind of respect and going back to as that classic kind of cask beer but slightly more modern i wonder like jaipur is becoming that thing yeah. that people are always say you know you know you, you kind of you always fall back on that you know excellent kind of more classic beer but it's more like it's like slightly maybe 10 years 15 years moved on into you know in terms of style I don't think there's any more beers that are like that that might be yeah. stuff like, time like people have... Doom Bar and stuff like that, haven't you? That's kind of like everywhere, although it's it's not a beer that I've ever particularly kind enjoyed. Kind of think about ones that people respect and kind of fall back on and think, oh, it's, you know, I got a really brilliant pint of Jaipo and you can rem- it's almost like it's old enough now that you can kind of reminisce about that sort of I time you think- first had it. I'd go for a newer one that's not in cask, actually, that I think falls into it. Um, Keller Pills from Lost and Grounded. Mm. Yeah. That's certainly one that if I see it in a pub, I'm always like, yes, I want one of those. Um, it's one of the uh, one of the drinks that I will consistently kind of reorder and go back to um, whenever I see it and always really enjoy it. I suppose Nick, you say like moonshine, I suppose. A modern you know. classic. Yeah, I think I Moonshine definitely, Jaipur definitely, Landlord we've already said. Um, whenever I'm in, in London, I, I look for, um, I know that their ownership has changed slightly, <laughs> but um, Dark Star's uh, American Pale is, is another beer that I've, I've always loved, always very consistent. I still think it tastes exactly the same as it used to, and, and I think that around the London area, around that, around that uh, home counties area. I think that's that's up there as well. London Pride previously might have. Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of it is to do with the, the brewery ownership and the direction of the brewery. Um, and if a brewery stays true to itself, true to its range of beers, and doesn't change too many things, um, Abbeydale are a good example of that, Jaipur and Thornbridge are a good example of that. Um, I, I think that those beers then have a um, um, have no reason to be disliked and become, as a result, uh, um, modern, modern classics. Are we going to say maybe Hophead rather than the American thingy, but um, in the Dark Star case? But yeah. I've, I've, I used to love that as a kind of a really sessionable cask beer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether like kind of something like. I would say something like a high wire maybe is coming, but I suppose you just don't see enough to kind of... I think, yeah, a year ago, high wire would have been um, probably part of this conversation. 
production, but again, change of ownership at the brewery, and all of a sudden it drops down the uh, um, the lead table really. So Cophead's uh, a, a good shout though, and I, I, I found myself um, in trying to think of these other beers, not thinking of pubs. I've, I've been thinking of supermarket shelves, mm-hmm. um, and I think some of these beers now exist within a um, supermarket sort of shelf environment and landlord is a good example of that you can you can still get a, a, a great shelf if you if you need it i think around sheffield as well you've got to throw um something like uh, farmers pale into yeah. it or something like that yeah pale rider would fall into pale that rider. category as well yeah. stuff that you see yeah. in pubs that maybe don't that tend to sell very mainstream beers but will have kind of one or two casks on um always kind of tends to be you know one of those two doesn't it? it's interesting how these beers generally are we're discussing a cask beers rather than small pack or like or, or keg even it's going to be around a bit longer in that kind of, you know, there's more nostalgia because there's a bigger distance, I suppose, maybe. But uh, I wonder whether it's it's a, a nostalgia more based upon your experience with it in, in the pub and, and the good times. So yeah, I think maybe. about all the pints of moonshine I've had when I was growing yeah. up um, and and all that, you know, and I have really fond memories, whereas I don't have those associations with a beer like Cannonball, for example. You know, it's a yeah. nice beer, I love it. But... I don't have all that nostalgia around it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I suppose it's like back in the days where there was limited, more well, limited choice. Now you're like, oh, remember when we used to drink? And you're like, well, I used to drink a different beer every time I went to the pub. Because maybe like ten years ago, you were kind of you were drinking more sort of st- consistent same beers. If you know what I mean, mm. uh, limit more limited choice. But now you're kind of like, well, you know, what do I drink? I drink well, Every brewer is making a different type of beer every week, so you kind of can't get used to having that. Oh, come on, we used to drink that. You can't, <laughs> it's difficult to kind of get nostalgic about something you've had maybe once or twice. Mm. Absolutely. Um, we are just about out of time, unfortunately. Um, our big buzzer is going to go off any second and um, and cut us off. So um, we're far too tight to pay for um, the pro version. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll pretty much wrap things up um, there. Nick, thank you for your um, company. And um, yes, um, thank you everyone for joining us. And um, we will be back next week. Yeah. Cheers all. See you. See you, awesome. Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Bye.